Mondays with Mosey. Hi. Hi. I'm Mike. I'm Josie. And we're Mosey. <laughs> and this is Mondays with Mosey. Mondays with Mosey. Test case. Testing. <laughs> Episode zero. <laughs> so what do you want to talk about? Well, I was thinking that to start out, what's a better topic than fear? It's a good topic. Yeah, I, I think that nodding when you make a podcast is a really good strategy. Yeah, yeah. I'm good at uh, making nonverbal sounds yeah, yeah. on an audio-only medium. Yeah, yeah totes. Like introverts recording and we're like, let's stare at each other. Yeah. <laughs> Give a thumbs up. <laughs> so my fabulous title here is for our Mondays with Mosey episode negative one or 0.0. .0 yeah. Is uh, on fear, personal spooks, local lore, and the nature of fear, which is this really long title that probably should be edited. <laughs> it can be shorter on the... Um uh the podcatchers podcatchers yeah that's an industry term now, now that we're professionals we oh, have to know the terminology we're getting paid for this we're gonna okay eventually sure <laughs> yeah podcatchers are the apps and stuff that you listen to podcasts on okay all right well um so we got some nice subtitles here some some headings Talking about personal spooks, and then local lore, and then there's the cat who wanted to chime in. That was Abby. That was Abby. Hey, Abby. Yeah, hi. What's up, kitty? Meow. <laughs> She's coming bro. over. Meow. This is the part where we talk to Abby about her fear of heights. Yeah. She's a wonderful kitty who's also afraid of heights. Which is unusual for a kitty. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to be a kitty and afraid of heights. She's very careful when she jumps. Yes, she is. She, she thinks about it and practices first. Yeah, she plans it out. Yeah. Like uh, in TV shows when it shows somebody calculating and you can see the math mm -hmm. coming out of their head. Totally. I'm not sure that she's great at math, but um, but yeah. she you can well, see her like... that's why she's so careful. Like... Leaning her body forward a few times to practice. Yeah. And like, one, two, three. Okay, and, ready? And no, again, not ready. Okay, thing. go. Yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> and we encourage her because it's good It's good to encourage your cat. Yes. Better to be an encourager than a critic. I, I, I saw a meme about that. Oh. Like my Aunt Sandy shared it. So we've talked about Abby's fear. Abby's fear is heights. Her sister Katrina is afraid of being locked in the house because she's outdoorsy. Is that still she's, Abby? Oh, she's yeah, right there. she's down by she's me. She's chiming in. Um, Abby also has some uh, some serious FOMO. Yeah. Yeah, she needs to participate. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to be, like, as uh, vocal as we are on yeah. these podcasts. <laughs> That's cool. And so her sister Katty, she's afraid of being locked in the house. So, um, early on in her adult kitty life, when she was big enough to climb up on stuff, one day I discovered Katrina outside when I was sure that she was locked inside the house when I left in the morning. And, um, she greeted me at my car, at my carport when I came home from work one day. And I was like, all right, I must have 
She must have run out when I left in the morning. Meow. Hi, Abby. And uh, so the next morning I made sure that she was locked in. Closed the door. She was mm-hmm. locked in. She was in the house. And when I got home, she greeted me at my car again. Trying to figure out. There's not many exits to a one-bedroom condo. There's the front door and there's the patio door, sliding glass door. That was definitely closed and locked. Yeah. And there's two windows. So... I like to leave my windows cracked, but there's a window screen. So what I eventually discovered was Katrina had torn herself an escape hatch through my windscreen or my window screen. Your windscreen is on your car. Yes. I I realized that (laughs) right after I said it. Um, Yeah. So she tore herself a big old hole in the the, um, window screen. Um. And had no problem jumping up there on furniture, etc., to the windowsill. Oh, now we get That's the sound Abby of... peeing. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to share all of her functions. Thanks, Abby. Uh, we could add that as a, a sample to our theme song. <laughs> I thought we could get some ambient can, noises like the just ocean. A, and it can just be a drop that we wind. play when like, we need pee sounds. Wait, that's not how you make the drop sound. No, I don't know. <laughs> Are you trying to make, to make the, the sound a with your point? mouth of, yeah. of like a drop of water? Yeah, totally. I'm using yeah. um, terminology I'm like again. I'm like Bobby McFerrin. Is he the guy who does all those sounds? Oh, uh, he does some sounds, but are you thinking of the Police Academy guy? Well, there's that guy too. There's, I mean, there's plenty of Bobby them. Bobby McFerrin does like music with his yeah, voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway. Um... <laughs> Yeah, anyway, so so Katrina tore herself a, an escape hatch and eventually taught it to Abby, I think, pretty quickly. And I realized that these cats live here full-time. I live here part-time. I mean, I pay the mortgage and all that, but I leave and go to work and go on vacation, and the cats are here. So whatever they do, if I want to patch that that window screen, they're just going to do it again. So yeah, until I sell the place... They did the same thing to the patio screen door. (laughs) So I don't even pull that across anymore. But uh, until Katrina got a nasty ear infection that we haven't been able to quite kick for the last few months, she was pretty much had free range. Um, Yeah. Anyway. Now she likes to stay inside a lot. Yeah, it's strange watching her shift her priorities. But... uh, the point here is that everybody's got fears, no matter what kind of person you are, a human or a non-human person. Mm-hmm. We've all got things that we're afraid of, and they affect us in uh, various ways. So you can think about the difference between a healthy fear and an irrational fear. And is there is there an in-between? Is there a, a, I don't know. I don't know. I have to have to work through that a little bit. Now, there's the fear of being ignored. That's one of my fears. All right. I don't think I've got that on my list. Oh, it is. It's on my list. Abby has it too. Do you need to come up? You need to claw on my lap? Come here. Come talk to the pod Come people. on, Abby. Come knock over the, the giant microphone. Okay. Now I have a kitty on my lap. She's probably going to climb on the computer. Oh, yep. Here she goes. <laughs> there we go. Just right. don't let her stop your recording. Yeah, I don't have that window open. 
Okay. Would you like to talk a little bit about any irrational fears that you might have? and <laughs> Or rational fears, either. I'm not going to force uh, your, your discussion. I could. I have an irrational fear. What is your irrational fear, Mike? <laughs> you know very well, but the listeners don't. And that is fish. <gasps> what? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. But I'm a Pisces. Are you afraid of I'm me? I'm not afraid of you, no. Okay, I'm afraid of actual swimming fishies and specifically touching them or yeah. them touching me. So have you ever actually touched a fish? Not that I can remember. How about to eat a fish? I have eaten fish, yes. I don't eat fish anymore. I'm a vegetarian. But when but you were when, when you were I eating fish, kid, did you touch them with your fingers? Like fish sticks? I mean, you don't get the scales. I like, you don't have the may weird... may have had fish sticks, would you but that just... would be breading that I'd yeah. be touching. Or, like... When I have... when I had... The fish that I remember eating in my youth was when I would go visit my grandparents in Minnesota every summer. I think my mom liked having a staycation without us, so she'd sent us to the grandparents. And... My grandpa's favorite activity was fishing, and he had a boat. Was this, like, with the worm kind of fishing or fly with fishing? With minnows. You put a tiny little... You, you go to the store and you buy fish. You go to the store, buy fish, and use them and to get fish. Put, yeah, you put that tiny little fish on the hook, which is gross. Yeah. Oh, so you did You're you like, touch them? No, okay. my grandpa would do it. Okay. I refused. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to spend time with my grandpa, so I would go out there, and he'd stick the minnow on the on the hook, and then we'd stick that in the water, and then sometimes hours later, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes just minutes, but yeah. it would seem like hours to me. The we'd get a tug on the line, and then we'd pull it up, and there'd be like a big walleye fish. Hmm. What kind of fish is a walleye? I, I'm thinking a salmon or something. Walleye salmon? I don't know. That sounds right. I don't even know my fish, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, like there's sockeye salmon and walleye and coho and I don't know. Yeah. So this was Lake City, Minnesota, where they used to live. Okay. The birthplace of water skiing. Oh. Is their claim to fame. Tiny little place. Lake Pepin. The next town south is where they shot grumpy old men. Oh, okay. Wabasha County, which is fun to say. Wabasha. Wabasha. <laughs> anyway, so we'd catch fish. And I didn't take them off the hook either. My grandpa did that. But even he would like take a towel mm. and wrap the huh. fish with the towel and to hold it. And then take the hook out of their mouth with huh. the pliers. I've never heard of anyone doing that. I wonder if you have like a, a contact ichthyphobia from your... Like if that he had a I, mild form of it, except that they like killing from them. my grandpa. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. He he claimed it was so that he wouldn't get their spines in him. Like huh. like he thought they had spines in their fins or something. Not like dangerous spines, huh. like a lionfish or anything, but just something that could prick you and All make right. you bleed or whatever. I don't know if that's true, but I think that's what he told us once. Huh. And maybe that contributes too, but. I never touched them with my hands. 
We'd take them back. Grandpa would clean the fish, which is a euphemism for tearing it apart. Yeah. Which is gross because I'd watch it happen. And it was ugh. And then my grandma would cook them up and then we'd eat them. And so the inside of the fish would touch the inside of my mouth Mm. and then my stomach. Yuck. But I never touched the fish on the outside with my outsides. So it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but your fear of fish is is really about touching or being touched by a fish. And we're talking about skin to scales, essentially. Yeah. Your skin to their scales. Basically. Like, I feel like they're going to be slimy, except I don't have a fear of slime. Yeah, really. then, it's I mean. Just, I mean, they do have a coating on them, huh. supposedly. Yeah, I just think of, of I've touched sharks and rays at the touching pool at the Monterey Bay Aquarium, and they're kind of rough. Yeah, they're different. Yeah, they're, they have their tentacles. Their scales are different, yeah. yeah. I've touched a dead shark in... On purpose? Yeah. <laughs> yes. In... Uh, gate gifted okay. and talented education yeah. when I was in grade school. Uh, they trucked us off to a different school fish one day a or week something in to, an art. Like, no, no, we okay. that we had a dead dogfish, which is a shark. Okay, what was the context? Don't remember if they were going to dissect it or whatever, mm-hmm. but they just had it and it was whole when I okay. saw it, and we were allowed to touch it to feel what the scales felt mm-hmm. like. And we were warned not to go the wrong way because they're sharp. Yeah. Except on a dogfish, they're not really Mm. sharp. Like, you're not going to cut yourself. It's just going to be rougher one way than the other. So we did. (laughs) And and I did. And that's the only fish I can Mm -hmm. ever remember touching. How how was that for you? It was interesting. It was kind of leathery, kind of sandpapery. But were you... Were you anxious or nervous about touching it? Was that a big deal for you to touch it? A little, it was a little weird, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't say I was nervous about it. Okay. They're, like I say, they're different. Sharks and rays are just, although rays do kind of, like at the touching pool that you mentioned, Mm -hmm. I've never wanted to touch the rays. Mm -hmm. Well, they're fish. I mean, they're, they're cartilaginous fish as opposed to a bony fish, but they're still fish. Yeah, but their skin is different too. Okay. Anyway, I don't know. So there, there's also an incident when my brother and I were young and we were changing out the water in our fish tank. We had a pet goldfish, just one fish. And we, this fish lived forever. And it was big for a pet goldfish, one at a carnival. Mm. <laughs> Uh, so when you say forever, do you mean years, weeks, months? Years. What, what is okay? Years. Uh, so we were changing out the water, and to do that, we put the fish in a smaller container. And I don't remember how it happened, but at some point that got spilled into the sink, and the fish went down into the disposal. <gasps> But the disposal wasn't on, of course, because yeah, we weren't but using it. You don't want to put your hand in there. Uh, yeah, I know. That's another fear. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> a rational fear, though. That yeah, is a rational fear. But you can always unplug it, and then it's going to be safe, right? 
Well, it's safe as long as no one turns the thing on. I mean, that's... But if it's unplugged, it... Right, right, right. I mean, I'm... I can't go. Yeah. Anyway, so... But my fear was getting the fish out of there. Mm. I was more scared of that than the grinding of the disposal. And we we could look down in there, and the fish was laying on its side and okay, but on did the, the bottom fish of the live? disposal. What, what happened to the fish? <laughs> You're on the edge of your seat. Uh, my brother had to do it. Okay. We called our mom at work, and she was like, just reach in there. How old were you? 11, maybe. Okay. And your brother's younger. Yeah. He would have been nine. Just a, Oh, okay. Anyway, we called her at work and asked her what to do. Because we just like save the fish. We were always taught, <laughs> don't put oh, your hand yeah. in the disposal, yeah, right? That's a good rule. Yes. And our mom said, okay, this one time, <laughs> you can put your hand <laughs> in the disposal to get the fish out. Just don't, you turn know, on the disposal. <laughs> everybody stay away from the switch. Yeah, yeah. And we understood that part, but I wasn't reaching in there anyway. Mm. I'm like, I'm not touching that See, fish. See, I think I. And my brother had to do it, and he got it out of there, and we put it back in the clean tank, and the fish lived many more years. Wow. Uh, but that fish, if it had any partners or friends, it would have a, a fish tale to tell. Yeah. Get it? Do you see what I did there? It And it yeah. was probably scarred psychologically yeah, and totally. has big-time fears yeah, did itself. It, did it swim sideways after that? Like... <laughs> no, it was fine. Huh? That's what you think. Yeah. I thought it was going to die just because yeah. it was out of water right. for... I don't know how long it turned mm-hmm. out to be. I'm sure we called our mom pretty quickly, yeah. but it w- it had to be at least 10 minutes that it was out of water. Wow. It had to be. Dang. Huh, super fish. What was the fish's name? Oh, man. See, now, when I used to teach elementary school, that would have been the most, the most pressing question on any of the kids' <laughs> minds. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, Goldie? I... I have no idea. Yeah, you I didn't, don't remember you didn't bond what our goldfish's name was. Yeah, I you remember what brother. my dog's name was a, <laughs> a few years later, but species is. I, yeah, I don't remember the fish's name. I never had a fish. My dad had a a fish named Spike. Cool. Yeah. I like aquariums. I just don't like touching the fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm I'm listening to your story, and my concern about the putting your hand inside the garbage disposal aside from the fear of having the thing turn on, which to me, I mean, I can overcome that. I'd still rather not stick my hand down there though, because there might be yucky, like food residue and slimy, that kind of stuff. Slimy slimy stuff. Would you like to go into the origins, the potential origins of your ichthyphobia? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was about to mention scary movies and one of my big ones is dun 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 Jaws. So yeah, that's long been the theory of, at least partially, where my fear came from. And that's because for some reason my parents let my brother and I watch Jaws when I was Five. And my brother was only three. He probably Holy didn't. Cow. Yeah. Yeah. He probably doesn't even remember it. But I vividly remember it. And I was. I enjoyed it when it was playing. And I went to bed. 
And then the next thing I remember, again, I'm five-year-old little Mikey. I remember being awoken by my mom, who's telling me that the shark is not under my bed. (laughs) And it's not (laughs) going to get me. An odd place for a shark. Yeah. Land shark. (laughs) (laughs) Telegram. Anyway, I'm told that I was sleepwalking, running in circles in my room, which if the shark was under my bed, it would have gotten me after I got out of bed and put my feet on the floor, right? Yeah, you didn't think this through. None of this makes sense. But I was running in circles, still asleep, screaming, the shark is under my bed and it's going to get me. (laughs) And yeah. That's my earliest memory of fearing a fish. But it's one of my favorite movies of all time because it's Jaws. It's amazing. Yeah, whenever I I tell anybody this about you, that you have a fear of fish and that the expectation is that the origin of that is from watching Jaws, they always expect that you would not like that movie. Yeah. And yet I adore it. Because I love auteurs and Spielberg is one of the greats. Mm -hmm. And that's the movie that like, that was his coming out movie. It wasn't his Mm -hmm. first movie, but it was, it was the first summer blockbuster. Of all time? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And it was a movie that made people afraid of a basic summer activity. Mm -hmm. Something I noticed was mentioning that. For you, the shark was under your bed. And that that's where... Yes, Abby. Abby agrees. Um, The thing about being afraid of what's under the bed. Now, I wonder why that's a thing. I I wonder if that's a thing across cultures. Um, And I'm thinking about when I was young and my mom and I had a foam pad on the floor that was our bed so there was Mm. no space under the bed that's what i was going to say is some cultures don't have an under the bed yeah so in that case without or just some situations i wonder if it's the the separation from the of the physical body from the floor and the ground you're not grounded in that sense i mean literally not grounded and if the natural fear of of heights or fear of falling somehow manifests into a i don't know it's i guess or it's just the, fear the, of dark places yeah but it's the lack of i mean it it is literally the lack of physical connection between the body and and the ground that yeah. allows that to happen so huh it seems like something worth asking some experts about or yeah talking to different people about that that idea of it and it seems so common that people feel like you have to have your feet inside the covers like that protects you somehow yeah if your feet are sticking out from yeah, the covers and, now and you're not protected and the the deep dark monster from under your bed can get you but somehow the magic of your sheet when you're scared your... <laughs> you have to pull that foot yeah yeah into yeah your... and that's true for adults too yeah so totally what what is the deal with you what's feel... the deal with that <laughs> you feel <laughs> less secure yeah when you're not covered it's just a blanket and it's that that few inches of air between you and the floor and like our our bed has drawers underneath it and there's a small tunnel or a little channel in the, the middle where the drawers don't meet where yeah katrina likes to go sometimes yeah and uh 
my previous bed that I had was on a one of those cheapo metal frames that just came with a box spring set and I had a bed skirt and Katrina liked to hide under the the bed as a kitten and I would be standing next to it folding clothes or whatever on top of the bed and she would reach out and grab my toe and it was the most hilarious thing she was playing monster under the bed (laughs) 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 of course she also used to sit on the edge of the bathtub and grab my toes through the water personal monster no I'm not afraid of her um shall i discuss i'm looking at my list i have a longer list of yeah you've got one thing on your your fears well i'm looking at my list and i when i think of my own fears i've i've been told by at least one person so that's not statistically significant but i've been described as fearless in the past and i i remember being told that i'm being very surprised by that like i never i think i just never went through the thought process to think of Mm -hmm. am i a fearful person am i not a fearful person i tend i guess to be a kind of surprised when I find out about people's fears because, I mean, specifically irrational fears, because to me, irrational fears are irrational. Why would you be afraid of that thing? And having a discussion about the potential origin, it can bring some sense to it. But I'm looking at my fears and in in no particular order, just how I listed them. I have the loss of loved ones. That's a basic fear. That's, yeah. that's rational. You're going to lose your loved ones. It's either I'm going first or, you're, or they're going first, but everybody dies. There's the fear of death, of the death of the self. And when I think it through, my my main concerns in that direction are I have a fear of starvation. And I realized that when I was financially destitute a while back, on any given month, would run out of paycheck well before the end of the month and didn't always know where my next meal was coming from. And thankfully, I had mm-hmm. good friends. And I don't remember if I had local family at the time, I might have. And I never did starve, but I was afraid of it, not always being financially secure as a kid and of course not being in control of the flow of income and groceries etc we we never did miss a meal when I was a kid but there was that hanging over our head of you know how are we going to make it through the month that was something that I would hear from the mm-hmm. adult in charge and as a you know a seven-year-old that was scary to me so I don't know if that's the origin of my this idea in the back of my head that I'm going to starve so if Probably. I go for a I yeah. mean just like my fish thing it's... right it, it fits. Formative sure. at that time in your life. Yeah, totally. But I notice like if I go on a road trip, if I go, if I just go on a day hike, I want to make sure I have lots of food in my pack. And of course, yeah. water. And that's basics of survival, obviously, is make sure that you've, you know, you've got your, your space blanket and your communication devices. And I could actually probably do a better job of taking a survival kit when I go out into, you know, even just a short hike. But my other fear is a, is car accidents. And that's Again, that's rational. I drive a lot. I drive a rather treacherous commute to work five days a week. And over the years that I've been doing that, I've passed a lot of nasty car accidents. I've mm-hmm. been rear-ended a few times. Had a flat tire at like 1030 at night driving by myself on that same road. And don't you also have formative memories of at least potential catastrophe in cars? Yeah, I guess. I There were times when I was a kid when the adult driver would leave me and my brother in the car with the engine running and it was a stick shift and maybe it wasn't always in gear when that adult got out of the car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in fact, my, my brother Christar, at one point, he and I were in the car and our parental unit had stepped out for a minute to check the mailbox or drop off the garbage cans or something at the bottom of our steep driveway and the car was not in care. I think I was in the back seat and Christar must have been in the front and he knew what the emergency brake was and pulled on the emergency brake. And if he hadn't, I honestly believe we would have gone over a cliff, which yeah. was on the other side. So I used to have dreams as a kid when I didn't know how to drive. I certainly didn't know how to operate a stick shift when I was seven or eight. And I would have dreams that I needed to be in control of the car. And I either I would take control of it and figure it out or I don't know what. I mean, mm-hmm. if, 
I think it's an empowering dream if I'm able to take control of it, obviously, and it's a, a fear and anxiety dream if you're in a situation where you can't control it. Of course, they say that with dreams, if you're in a vehicle, that just represents yourself. Just like your body is your vehicle oh, that you yeah, drive around Yeah, I think in. I've heard that. So it's thinking as an adult at this point, dreams like that are, would be me feeling out of control of aspects of my own life, which is true of all people at all times. But there are obviously yeah. times when we're more freaked out by it. The other, speaking of dreams, the, the other issue, the other concern that I have in terms of fearing death, which again is a, a rational fear, but I used to have semi-regular dreams where I'd be swimming in the ocean, which was something I did a lot as a kid. And... I'd be out there as the day was wearing on and eventually the waves get bigger and there'd be the situation where the you have the suction of, of the, I guess it's not the tide going out, but the wave going out because you have the wave mm -hmm. action. The wave comes in and it pushes you in towards the shore and then the wave goes out and it pulls you out briefly, but it can have such strong suction and it's pulling you out and then you see a wave coming towards you in the distance. Yeah. And if you can't fight that, that that pull of the wave and, and get out of there quickly enough, then you're, you're going to get caught in the wave. And as a kid, you learn how to duck under the wave. And that's what mm -hmm. you do when a big wave is coming. But if you're at the wrong point when it's breaking on you, you can't always make that. And here in Santa Cruz, where we have strong breakers at a lot of beaches, you if you want to get out and swim, you have to know how to get through the breakers. That's the, the terrifying dream I would often have when I, I guess, at times when I was feeling out of control in life is that I was out in the ocean and a giant mm -hmm. wave was coming and I'm being sucked towards it and I just, I can't escape it. And I, I don't think I ever got to the point where the wave crashed on me. I think it's in dreams like that. It's always the fear that it's coming, it's coming, yeah. it's coming. And then you wake up. It's like when you're trying to find a bathroom, <laughs> you can't find a bathroom and you, <laughs> you really have to pee, but this bathroom is not available for whatever reason. And that bathroom's not available. And then you wake up and you're like, oh my God, I have to pee. And hopefully you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, that's a that's a lot of words to say. I'm a, I have a fear of dying. I don't think I have an extraordinary or out of proportion fear of dying, but I noticed that this is not something that I thought much about when I was younger. And mm -hmm. I'd say I probably started thinking about it more when I started having family members get old and die. Like when I was 28 or 29, my grandfather died, my, my maternal grandfather, and that was the first family member I lost. Oh, that's kind of late yeah i didn't lose anybody as a kid i was I very lost lucky. my first grandparent when i was geez what was i eight or nine wow yeah and they i mean i had actually lost two of my natural grandparents before i was even born and so i had three grandparents because one of them was a step-grandparent my step-grandmother that my widowed grandfather had married. That was on my mother's side. And then my father's father had died before I was born, but his mother was still around. She's the one that died when I was young. I don't know why you never thought of like being a Burton or a Schwartz. We're like long-lived. <laughs> Knock on wood here. <laughs> you should give that a try. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I counted myself lucky for sure to, to not have lost anyone in my younger years. But it, I think it was after my grandfather died that I started, you know, I started to naturally think about losing people. And I'm sure I had a number of dreams of losing my mom or, or some mm -hmm. such. I think when I was a kid, I used to be worried about losing my brother, Christar. He was the closer of my siblings to me, age-wise and just personality-wise and etc. And I already mentioned he probably saved my life at least once. Uh -huh. Wasn't the only time that that parental unit left a car in neutral and got out. But yeah. I I think it was the only time I was in the car uh, when that happened, but uh, yeah. Well, I would say you're fearless because despite these fears, you still do your treacherous commute. Well, I don't really have an option. Yeah, I mean, whatever. 
I mean, I'm not, you know, ab- abjectly terrified every day when I get in my car. But Yeah. I mean, you take measures to minimize the risk. Yeah. But... I bought a new car that has yeah. better safety features. That's robot car. <laughs> that was one way to deal with it. Yeah. And, th- and regarding the waves, you swam around the Santa Cruz Wharf, which not many people in the world have done. <laughs> I mean, not... Plenty of people swim long distance. It's, yeah, yeah it's, it's not like Olympic level... No swimming or anything but it's rare yeah it was over a mile of ocean swimming and it did scare the crap out of me pretty much the entire time (laughs) so that's what i mean like you take on your fears well you know you don't want to be owned by your fears right whereas me i most of the things that people generally fear i have some fear of but not enough to stop me from doing things i have a fear of falling from great heights and yet I, I skydove. I've only done it once, but I would do it more if it wasn't so expensive. But, you know, I like flying. I, I like that sort of stuff. I'll stand right on the edge of Half Dome when I climb it. Yeah. <laughs> but the one fear of the fish, I don't, yeah. I don't test that. <laughs> yeah, but you, I mean, I consider... I have considered you brave when you've entered water where there are known to be fish. And, you know, if I'm standing right there, I'm going to tell you there aren't any fish in here. (laughs) Wink, wink, smile, (laughs) etc. And uh, you knew that there were. I will say I never thought I would go snorkeling. Oh, yeah, you did that. In Mm -hmm. tropical waters Mm -hmm. where fish are abundant. Yeah. And yet when we. And they chased you, didn't they? Went to Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) We did, and yeah. it was amazing. Yeah, they did not touch you. They didn't touch me. No, I've never been touched by a fish when Some I was in water with fish. Got a little close. Yeah, but I had with flippers on. I had enough control. I could yeah. just get away. Hey, I, I, ooh. Speaking of which, about a year ago, I went to the Bahamas with some some friends on a cruise, which I never thought I would do, and don't intend to do again, just because I'm. I have some feelings about the cruise industry in general and it's just not my preferred method of of vacationing Mm -hmm. it was a once in a lifetime situation where i could go on a a fun vacation with a bunch of friends of mine so we were in the bahamas and we had a a chance to go snorkeling on some private island that whatever the i think was carnival cruises i went on i think it was anyway one of their islands this ad brought to you by carnival cruises (laughs) not (laughs) pay us (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah you had an option to take it off to go on on shore and rent some snorkeling gear and i love snorkeling i love fish i'm a pisces i'm a burton i'm from santa cruz it's i consider it the the water trifecta the burton motto is it's just water and uh, i went out snorkeling and it was quite different from snorkeling that i've done in Kauai. I've d- i did a little snorkeling in mexico a few years back and uh this there were grasses which i have not experienced in an ocean mm. setting so that was different. I'm used to the giant bull kelp or the, what's the, now I can't think of the kelp that we have. It's called kelp. <laughs> giant kelp. I guess it's not bull kelp that we have here in, in Santa Cruz. So it was a different texture from the sand up, but I was out snorkeling. All of a sudden there were a bunch of jellies. Mm. And my understanding of jellies is you, they're going to sting you. Don't yeah. touch them. And so it was a little shocking. And like you mentioned with, with swim fins, you can maneuver quickly. Mm-hmm. So I had to try and maneuver and stay away from them and and scoot away and I was pretty terrified. I stayed out there for a little while and just tried to steer clear. And eventually I think I came in after maybe a half hour or so and I when I go out snorkeling I'm thinking I'm out there for an hour or more. 
Mm-hmm. But I came in and I discovered that next to the restrooms or the changing area, they had a spray bottle. I think it was vinegar or something. And, and one of the locals was like, yeah, you just, they don't really sting. Just don't touch the bell. And I think it, that was what was it was try not to touch the bell. And if you do touch the bell, it might sting a little bit, but you spray yourself with vinegar, I think was what it was. And it's supposed to neutralize it. So, so that particular jelly just wasn't very dangerous. Right. I mean, there's different types. I, I think my general knowledge was from growing up at the beach that you don't touch jellies when they're in the water or on washed up on shore and um I have friends who've done triathlons and one had gone to Hawaii to do a triathlon and they couldn't do the swim portion because they had box jellies. And I think that, I don't know if those are deadly or they're just a really strong, mm. really strong stinger. Yeah. But, you know, and then of course there's the friends episode where they peed on, <laughs> who was it they peed Monica, on? Or was it Monica? It? Monica got stung, I think. Yeah. I, yeah. And Joey, like was it Joey that peed on her? I don't or know. Or Chandler? Somebody with a directional aim. <laughs> <laughs> their ability Somebody to control that them. half of the population yeah so anyway i did go back out into the water and i did encounter more swarms they were small jellies they were kind of purplish and it was still you know my i think my heart was pounding and i was quite, quite frightened but i had to do the thing where i have the self-talk and i have a chat with myself and just explain to myself these they're not going to hurt you you're okay mm-hmm. yeah so i'm looking i'm here looking at my list what else do i have on here falling you mentioned falling um i do have a fear of a specific fear of falling i think a stronger fear of falling than you do since i i'm fine with heights in general as long as i know that i'm safe so i'll go up on a high railing i used to work rides at the boardwalk one summer i was the lead operator in charge of the the log ride and part of that position is you walk around up on top and Mm -hmm. there's a little walkway that has a railing but you could easily slip through but i mean to me that the railing's fine i've never heard of anyone slipping through it has a a wooden platform and as long as there's a good rail i'm i'm fine with heights i i enjoy heights i i like a good view i always liked the ferris wheel my my mom was always afraid of heights I, i speak as though she's in past tense she's still alive but she would get really frightened with heights and it didn't matter so much about there being a railing or not. The, the heights uh, was what frightened her. And I, I recognize that that's a common fear. I mean, I... See, for me, I I have a fear of heights, but it's most intense at a rather low height. Huh. Like at the top of a tall ladder. Okay. Or the dangerous. roof yeah. of a building. Yeah, that's da- a, super dangerous. You know, so, a, yeah. A low building, yeah. a one or two story building, but still, sure. you know, you're probably not going to die if you fall unless you hit your head on concrete or something. But yeah, you could break your neck. I mean, you, you could, could. Yeah, it happens all yeah. the time. But yeah. also, even more commonly, people survive falls like that. Yeah. And they just break a leg or something. Yeah. But that's my more intense fear. Mm-hmm. Whereas huh. jumping out of an airplane, leaning over the edge of a tall building's observation deck, things like that, that it, it almost doesn't feel real to mm-hmm. real enough to generate mm-hmm. the fear. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking in those types of situations, somebody has already done a lot of safety planning where just in a lot on, of cases being on top of a, of a roof, you're in charge of your own safety. If you're on top mm-hmm. of a tall ladder, it's up to you to make sure that that ladder is stable and that you don't lose your balance. But when you're yeah. skydiving, you've been you paid somebody a bunch of money. You've got people there who are making sure that your chute is is checked out and that when you jump, you're doing everything correctly and they're going to be in deep trouble if you're injured or worse. So mm-hmm. same with the observation tower and a place like that. I'm trying to think when I oh yeah when I realized that I had a fear of falling because I'd never had a fear of heights specifically. It never occurred to me that I had a fear. Of falling which again i consider a rational fear that fear of falling off of a roof even one story that's that's rational you could you could hurt yourself badly uh-huh. so i was hiking with my friend arjuna at um, tuolumne meadows in the high country in yosemite several years ago at least a decade ago maybe more probably more than that and another friend of mine had recommended hiking limbert dome although i'm not sure what the verb was that she used i thought she had said climb limbert dome but to me 
climb, hike, what's the difference, right? Same thing. You're uh, going up at the top of this this dome. And so um, I was camping with Arjuna and she'd had plenty of experience with Tuolumne Meadows. It's a beautiful place in Yosemite. If you haven't been, you should go. Just don't tell anybody because we don't want it more crowded than it is. So anyway. Uh, but support your national parks. Yeah, please support your national parks. Do go outside. Just leave no trace, eh? All right. So I'm going with Arjuna and we're going to climb Lembert Domes. I guess that's the verb that we were using. And I think I was aware that there are a couple of ways to get up to the top. And she's pointing out to me, oh yeah, you're going to go along this ledge here and you're going to hike out this way or walk out this way. And I follow her. I'm wearing some sort of tennis shoes. I think I, I probably had done my first marathon. I, I don't think as a runner, probably as a walker at that point. So I had a decent level of just basic fitness. But my idea of, of footwear was running shoes, which have mm-hmm. Decent traction for dirt, but not necessarily a glacially polished large granite dome. Mm-hmm. which was where we were. So Lembert Dome is this granite dome that's, I don't know how, how many hundreds of thousands of years old, part of the Yosemite Batholith. And Arjuna walks out along this crack of granite that's sticking out and she's like, you're going to go over to that tree and then you're going to go up here and around there and etc. And I'm like, all right. And it's one of those things where you're looking off into the distance and distances are hard to gauge. Yeah. In that case, I, w- I think in the back of my head, I was kind of wondering why we weren't taking a dirt trail. But, uh, you know, Arjuna knows what she's doing. She had trained to be a teacher. And anytime I'd done anything with her in the past, she's always given me very explicit and thorough directions. So I just trusted her. And I'm walking out across this ledge and it sticks out maybe six inches. And there's a, I'm going to say a sheer drop off, but it's maybe a 45 degree angle. Not like a, mm-hmm. you know, 80 degree angle. It's nothing like that. It's not a not a steep cliff face in that sense. It's not half dome. So she goes out ahead of me and, and disappears around the bend. And I'm walking along and I've got a backpack on. I had a hat on, which was partially obstructing my view with the brim and the backpack. I don't know that I had multiple straps around my sternum or anything like that. So I think it was kind of swinging loose. Mm-hmm. And at one point I was trying to figure out because it became more scrambly. It really wasn't a trail. It was a little ledge. It became more scrambly than I had anticipated. So I was like, oh, if I just kind of climb up here above it and I can climb around this thing that's sticking out. And instead I ended up with my feet on glacial polish which is super smooth. And with tennis shoes, they're not hiking boots. They're not any kind of climbing shoe that has extra traction. I was going to say crampons, but I think those are for ice. And I'm holding on to the to the granite with however my fingers can, can grip whatever texture is there and my feet start slipping. Mm. And I started to panic. And this had, was not a feeling I was familiar with at all. My natural instinct in a dangerous situation is just to stop mm-hmm. and survey the situation. It's not to, you know, freak out and, and do anything quickly or rash. It's just to stop. And so in that case, I just gripped onto the side of the dome as best I could and froze in my position. Arjuna was around the bend, couldn't see me. There was no one else with us. And I think I looked around. I looked down. I was several feet. You know, maybe it was only a couple feet. But in my panicking brain, it was I was several feet above the ledge at this point and if I my feeling was that if I moved much I was gonna slip and fall to my death I was gonna hit my head on that on that granite on the way down and yeah. cra- and crack my my skull open so that's my fear is that I'm gonna fall to my death so in my self chat I knew that Arjuna would eventually notice that I wasn't with her and turn around and come back for me so I could just wait gripping in deathly fear to the side of this cliff face eventually some some gentleman behind me by you know 25 or 50 yards or I don't know how far but, but back behind me some distance was hollering out that I could turn over and crab walk 
well, if I turn over, I'm going to slip and fall to my death. So thank you kindly, sir. I don't have that <laughs> level of, of agility or I'm not this great climber. I don't have incredible upper body strength. So I'm afraid that if I move my feet, I'm just going to slip. So I just froze there. And eventually Arjuna did come back several minutes later, or, you know, maybe a couple minutes later, but it felt like an eternity to me. Yeah. And she was able to slowly talk me down and explain to me that I can just slide. And mm -hmm. because it's not as steep as I have it in my head, I'm going to slide and then my feet are going to grab onto the ledge when I get to it. Even if I slid down, I'm just going to, I can use my rubber soles as, as stoppers, mm -hmm. you know, as brakes. It's not this dire situation that I've convinced myself in my head. I didn't specifically have a panic attack. I've, I've had a few of those in, in the past couple years. So I now actually know what a panic attack was, is, and that was not a panic attack. It was me feeling panicky in a situation that was terrifying to me. And that yeah. was a, a natural reaction, but she was able to talk me down and we walked back and she explained to me that it had taken her several years to get to the point where she was able to go around that ledge and that it took her more than one year to get as far out as I had gone. And mm -hmm. that because I had used the word climb instead of hike, she took it that we were going to climb up Lumber Dome. <laughs> <laughs> I had meant to hike it. <laughs> yeah. So I think it was another, a, a different year when I came back on my own and ended up hiking up with a ranger. But uh, that's when I discovered that I have a fear of, of falling and it's come back to, to haunt me a couple of times since then, but I'm, I'm more aware of it at this point. So there's that one. Yeah. And it's my other fear is that I'm not going to get enough sleep. So I think we should pause and come back to this. Yeah. One of my fears is that this podcast is getting really long. Yeah. We're going to have to edit the shit out of it. Yeah. Also, this is our <laughs> trial and we'll probably just redo the whole thing. Yeah. So, okay. We're going to, we're going to stop and come back to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Ready? Pause. Ready? Ready. Are we pausing or stopping? Uh, I guess we should stop, huh? Okay, yeah, because the okay. computer's not going to stay paused all Anyway, we can just night. stop. We don't have to talk about it. Okay. All right. Ready? Stop. Bye. <laughs> So I know we started this episode as a test, but we decided to be kind to ourselves and call it episode one. And we're obviously new to this whole podcasting thing, so please excuse all irregularities of sound, voice, etc. We're learning as we go and we'll get better, we promise. And now for our bad jokes segment. You score us. Three points for a laugh response, two points for a groan, and one point for silent blinking. All right, here's my joke. I had a fear of speed bumps. I'm slowly getting over it. <laughs> oh yeah? Well, I have a fear of overly designed buildings. A complex, complex, complex. <laughs> okay, well, the only thing that flat earthers fear is sphere itself. <laughs> well, I have a fear of elevators. I'm taking steps to get over it. <laughs> Alright, me. I'm here for medication to help with my fear of the Spice Girls. Doctor. We have three types, so tell me what you want. Me. Ah! <laughs> Never fear failure. Always embrace it, Mother said as she released me from her hug. Oh, that's cold. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much. Please find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Mondays with Mosey. Make sure that you rate, subscribe, and tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your frenemies. You can email us at mondayswithmosey at gmail.com. Please send us your positive feedback because we'll delete any negative feedback. We don't need that kind of negativity in our lives. This is just a work of heart for us. Yep. Also, we would love any bad, clean jokes. And for this episode, tales of your fears. So for now, be safe, watch out for cars, and be nice to your sister. <laughs>